One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Courtneyac. And it's Courtney's night to tell you a terrible tale of true crime. Ter- terribleness. This is total terribleness, you guys. Tonight, I'm going to tell you the story, the bizarre story of the murder of Ryan Poston. So Ryan Poston was born on December 30th, 1982 in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, to a prominent local family and had three younger sisters. During high school, he attended school in Fort Mitchell, as well as in the Philippines and Switzerland. Oh, wow. I know. And I don't know why. I don't think he was a military family, but still, it's a lot of the world to see by the time you graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. After high school, he went to Indiana University in Bloomington and then to Northern Kentucky University, where he completed his law degree. Good for him. I know. He then moved to Cincinnati, Ohio to start his law career. Aside from being intelligent and successful, Ryan was very traditionally handsome, so was very popular when it came to dating, and was also described as funny and extremely witty. His friends said he had a magnetic personality, and when they hung out at bars, Ryan preferred to have intellectual debates about his endless passions and interests rather than engage in typical drunken behavior. One friend compared him to Edward from Twilight, I know, and said that he was always there for people who needed him, was very soft-spoken and extremely reliable. One of Ryan's methods of protection was that he was always carrying a gun. He was very passionate about gun ownership and believed that they make the world a more safe place to live. He had guns and gun paraphernalia all over his apartment, including artillery vests and ammunition stacked in the same cabinet that he stored his board games in. So Ryan lived in a suburb of Cincinnati called Highland Heights, Kentucky, which is just across the Ohio River from the mid-sized city. 
He ran a small law firm with a partner, and everything was going well for the ambitious young lawyer. In 2011, 28-year-old Ryan was introduced to a 19-year-old woman named Shana Hubers, who was studying psychology at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, which was 80 miles from where Ryan lived in Kentucky. Ryan's cousin had met Shana in college and thought that she and Ryan would be a good match, considering they were both motivated, intelligent, and had similar goals in life. Ryan had just broken up with a woman named Lauren, who was his serious girlfriend of two years, a couple of months before he met Shana, so he was in more of a rebound stage of his life, but was happy to meet the pretty and ambitious young grad student. You said she was 19? She's 19. Wow. I know. Ryan sent Shana a friend request on Facebook after seeing a photo of her in a bikini. She accepted and then sent Ryan a message that said, quote, How do I know you? You're gorgeous, by the way. Ryan wrote back, You're not too bad yourself. Ha ha. And that actually is how I met my wife. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were introduced through friends and we started a conversation on Facebook. Highly recommended. <laughs> Shana was born and raised in Lexington and was very smart and very popular student growing up. She grew up in a typical middle-class neighborhood and was very determined to rise above her humble beginnings and was eager to have access to money and beautiful things. Shana was very attractive and driven and graduated with honors from high school and then made the dean's list in college and graduated magna cum laude. At the time she met Ryan, she was studying for her master's in school counseling Mutual friends knew of Shana from school, and the word on the street was that she had her sights set on meeting and marrying a doctor or lawyer, but I don't know for sure if that information ever made its way back to Ryan. And she was 19 by the time she did all of that? I'm assuming she probably did college courses for her last, mm-hmm. you know, year in school or Just whatever. kind but... of flew through it all. Yeah. Yep. So regardless, I'm sure he was no stranger to meeting women in the South who were looking for handsome and successful men who came from money. So even if he had known, I'm not sure that he would have thought much of it. So Ryan and Shana messaged back and forth on Facebook for a while and then decided to meet in person and initially were very attracted to each other. Ryan enjoyed the casual nature of their relationship in the beginning, but it was soon clear to him that he wasn't ready for a serious relationship or didn't want one with Shana, and so he tried to cut things off. Quote, he wasn't able to, he was too nice, didn't want to hurt her feelings, one of Ryan's friends said. Another friend seconded that opinion, saying he did feel duty-bound to let her down easy. Mm. We've all all been Mm -hmm. there on both sides of that horrible coin. Yep, yep. The pair continued to date on and off for 18 months, and during that time, Shayna clearly had a different perspective on the relationship than Ryan did. Ryan did his best to take space and cool things off between the two of them, but Shayna all but insisted that they were in a serious relationship. Quote, she was just obsessed with him, one of Ryan's friends said. I think she had a goal in the beginning to make him settle down with her. Mm-hmm. She quickly started posting photos of the two of them together on social media also been there and anytime ryan texted shana she would respond with dozens of messages on some days shana would text him 50 to 100 times no 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 yep at one point a friend asked ryan quote are you still dating what's her name 
To which Ryan responded, Shayna? Yes. And then the friend asked, how's that going? And Ryan said, it's okay. I'm pretty fucking stressed. I received 75 text messages from her. I am emotionally and mentally spent. I hope she leaves me alone. Oh, man. Uh. At one point, he told his cousin, quote, this is getting to be restraining order level crazy. She's shown up at my condo like three times and refuses to leave each time. Mm. He messaged another friend, quote, literally probably the craziest fucking person I have ever met. She almost scares me. Oh, no. Listen to it, buddy. Just because they're girls doesn't mean they can't be dangerous. Well, but it's like also, I mean, who hasn't had this happen or known somebody who has had this happen? You know? Of course. Yeah. I just mean that if this was reversed and it was him doing it to her, she would be legitimately scared. True. 100% Where he's trying to figure out why he feels afraid. Yep. Because he's a man and she's a woman and blah, blah, blah. You yes, know? Like, good point. Very yeah. true. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's also, I think at that age, hard to know where's the line between just desperate, unrequited love and then, mm-hmm. you know, actual scary behavior. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like she's kind of moved past the mm-hmm. desperate, like, teenage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The obsessive texting, we have all been, we have all done that and we have all had mm-hmm. that done to us. Hard, hard, try as we might not to, but mm-hmm. showing up at a person's home uninvited. Multiple times. Not yeah. leaving. Yeah. So Ryan's ex-girlfriend claimed, quote, she used to go places asking everyone if they knew me and if they thought I was prettier than her. It was like she had an obsession beyond Ryan. Shana reported to a friend, quote, He says he's only with me because I make him feel so awful when I cry. My love has turned to hate. Oh, no. Yep. Around this time, Ryan and his law partner also had a massive falling out, resulting in a lawsuit. I don't know about what. I couldn't find anything about this. At one point, as the lawsuit was happening, Ryan messaged his assistant at the firm and said, quote, I want this piece of shit destroyed. Bury him neck deep at low tide. Throw darts at his head. Wait for high tide to roll in so I can stomp on his head while he's drowning. This is Ryan texting his assistant? Correct. His assistant who worked for him at the law firm. Right. His friends said this was extremely out of character for the otherwise soft-spoken and charismatic young man. The messages Ryan was sharing with friends and family seemed to be an indication that things weren't going very well for him personally or professionally. So I don't know if he actually was violent or if that was just something shared in confidence. I don't, I didn't see any other indication anywhere that Mm -hmm. he was ever threatening or violent in any way, but that's pretty violent, pretty violent message, but I also get it. I've had a business partnership dissolve and it's fucking stressful. Yes. Especially to that level of Mm. having to sue each other. Yeah. 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 So in October of 2012, Ryan and Shayna had plans to meet his family at his parents' house to have dinner together and then watch the vice presidential debates. Shayna, of course, took the invitation to hang out with his family as a sign that things were looking up for their relationship. But little did Shayna know, Ryan had a side conversation with his stepfather that night that indicated that he was about to end things for good. Shayna was also completely in the dark about a date that Ryan had made with a gorgeous blonde for the very next day. Oh, ouch. 
On October 12, 2012, Ryan had a date with 24-year-old Audrey Bolte, who had been crowned Miss Ohio and had been the second runner-up in the Miss USA pageant. Mm, damn. Yeah. I mean, Ryan is, like, mm-hmm. traditionally very, very handsome. Yeah, like bachelor-level yes. handsome. Yeah. 100%. Not that that's, like, the marker, but I'm. that's, you know... That's like exactly right, That though. type yes. of... Yes. yes, he looks like... a contestant on the bachelor and so does shana mm-hmm. shana is gorgeous she's a very beautiful girl but you know ryan is successful he comes from money he's got one of those like southern aristocratic family you know it's mm-hmm. just like i could feel the dynamic so clearly and shana's from a middle class background but you know her neighborhood was like very mixed income and she you know i'm sure that was re- made her feel very insecure she just didn't have this like blue-blooded sort of background right. and um as pretty as she was and you know it's just we've all been there it's just painful but yeah so ryan and audrey were supposed to meet at a popular local bar to have drinks and play pool and audrey showed up for the date as scheduled but ryan never appeared Mm. ryan and audrey had met on facebook through mutual friends and had hit it off immediately they had originally planned to meet at ryan's apartment but had later decided to meet at the bar instead Audrey said that they had texted right before he was supposed to show up and he had confirmed that he would see her there and then ceased to respond to any more of her texts, which was very uncharacteristic of him as he was usually quick to respond. As the night went on and there was no sign of Ryan, Audrey gave up waiting and headed home. So at the same time that Audrey was coming to terms with the fact that she'd been stood up for a date, a 911 call was being made from inside of Ryan's home. Oh, no. I will play that call for you now. Kelly 911. Ma'am, I have, I have, um, um, I, I killed my boyfriend in self-defense. Okay, where are you at? I'm at 12 Meadow Lane, Highland Heights, Kentucky. Okay. 
and when they get there, they're going to want to know where that gun is, and we want you to get out safely, too, okay? Okay, are they going to arrest me? Ma'am, I don't know what they'll do. We're going to send send them out. I'm going to stay on line with you, okay? I mean, I'm not a murderer, ma'am. I just killed him. So what, what, what happened exactly? What happened? He beat me and me out of the house. He did it. Front of your apartment at all? I can't see out front. I can't see to the back, but not the front. Okay. Do I walk? Which way do 
So the woman on the call was Shana Huber's and police were immediately dispatched to the scene where they found Shana still on the phone with the 911 operator. Police told Shana to get on the ground and then searched the home where they found Ryan lying in a pool of his own blood near his dining table, having been shot to death by Shana. Oh, man. Shana was taken in for questioning, and what followed was absolutely bizarre and chilling. Shana was read her Miranda rights, and then she asked to have an attorney. Police agreed to secure an attorney for Shana and then asked her to fill out some information on the police report. The detective gestured to a line on the form and asked, what was his name? And Shana responded, the man that I killed? Ryan Carter Poston. And then instead of waiting for an attorney, Shana completely opened up to detectives and started telling them everything that happened that night. Shana claimed that she shot Ryan in self-defense and also claimed that he had been, quote, throwing her around the room leading up to the shooting. She said that shooting Ryan was surreal and felt like an out-of-body experience, but at no point did she deny killing her love interest. At that point, the detective left the room for a while, and Shana can be seen fidgeting, pacing, and chugging cup after cup of water. Then a female officer entered the room, and Shana started spilling her guts about the shooting, claiming that she hadn't planned for it to happen. She said that Ryan had picked her up and thrown her against a bookshelf and then, quote, started screaming all the nasty things like, you're a fucking hillbilly and everyone knows you're fucking crazy. She said that while he was saying the horrible things to her, he was sitting at his dining room table and messing with his handgun. She said that he then lifted the gun and asked her what she would do if he shot her and Shana was afraid for her life. She then claimed that Ryan had been abusing Adderall, Xanax, and Ambien and said, quote, he's been whacked out on drugs for a long time. He's capable of anything. Police did find containers of prescription pills all over the table next to a large box of ammunition in Ryan's home. She said that Ryan started to get up from the table that he was sitting at and before he could fully stand, she grabbed the gun from the table and started shooting him, which is like... Yeah, fucking right. You beat him to yeah, it. 100% no. did not happen. Somebody who's well, like... get up hey, and f- if, like run away. Well, and also he's a gun enthusiast. I mean, that's his whole... He's got semi-automatic rifle. You know, he's got guns right. all over Everywhere. his house. Yes. Yeah. He's got artillery vests. You know, like the guy... This right. is what he does. He loves guns. He shoots them all the time. There's no way she's going to get the jump on him if there's a right. gun sitting on a table in between the two of them, you know? Right. And then also be able to like aim and shoot him without him disarming her. I just don't believe that for one second. Yeah. She also will get there, but she later testified that she was actually sitting on the ground next to the table and he started to reach for the gun and she (laughs) managed to sprung up (laughs) for the gun. Oh my God. Yep. So she said that he then fell to the ground and was quote twitching a little bit And so she shot him a few more times to make sure that he was dead because she, quote, didn't want to watch him die. Oh, God. In the end, Ryan had been shot six times. Oh, no, 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 no. Shana then said, quote, he's very vain. One of our last conversations that we had that was good was that he said he wants to get a nose job. Just that kind of person. And I shot him right here, she said, indicating her nose. I guess I gave him the nose job that he wanted. Oh, 
my god sometimes shane is known as the nose job killer as a result yes you know what helps your case of self-defense is not saying shit like that making super fucking inappropriate jokes or comments about the person Mm -hmm. you just murdered that's terrible So keep in mind that the police didn't ask her a single question the entire time because she had asked for an attorney, but Shana just continued to rattle on and on about her side of the story. Yeah, I was going to say, if she's asked for an attorney, but so that's the loophole. They just, if they don't ask you questions, it it counts. Yep. If you just start offering up the information and you're just sitting there as a passive (laughs) receiver, (laughs) it's fully legal, fully legal. And she didn't then stop and say, oh, where's my attorney? Oh, wait. She right. just kept talking to two different detectives as they came in and out of the, out of the interrogation room. Yeah. So at one point she asked the detective if she was crazy and then started giggling. And listen, Sadie and I are two people who laugh when we're nervous. We laugh mm-hmm. as a coping mechanism in uncomfortable situations. But in this context, it's absolutely fucking chilling to see her, yeah. you know, do that. Not, it's definitely not boding well for her defense no she also asked a series of questions about going to jail like whether she'd be able to keep her phone if she'd be able to shower or if she'd just have to get really dirty and then she asked if she'd have to shower in front of people and then she started laughing when she learned that she would it felt very much like um like if a teenage girl is like, ew, no, I don't want to, you know, eat that or something. You know, it's like mm-hmm. very like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to shower in front of people. Ew, you know. Mm-hmm. Another time she said out loud that she didn't know if anyone would ever want to marry her if they knew that she'd killed her boyfriend in self-defense and then started giggling again. Mm, no, this is not okay. This isn't Keep- okay. Your thoughts internal, guys, to internalize your thoughts when you're talking to police moments Mm -hmm. after you shot your boyfriend to death. Mm -hmm. Like even my almost five-year-old knows how to shut his mouth and lock the key and throw it away, you know? Totally. Can you imagine? I just... No. She also told detectives that she had two papers due the following Monday and that she hadn't (laughs) submitted them, but then admitted that it didn't probably matter at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. The detective left the room again, and Shana got up from her seat and started pacing and saying out loud, quote, I did it. Yes, I did. I can't believe that I did that. She then started ballet dancing while singing Amazing Grace. Oh, Lord. Really beautifully. Just a side note. Like, she's got an incredible singing voice, but it's fucking chilling. It's so bizarre. Right after that, detectives returned to the room and charged her with Ryan's murder. Shayna immediately asked, quote, what degree? And the officer responded, murder. There's no degree. Mm. Shayna can then be overheard saying, quote, I'm going to be talked about for many years. <sighs> so during her bail hearing, the prosecutor read from recorded conversations between Shayna and her mother, where Shayna told her mother that if she saw a door, she was going to run through it and also made comments about chopping off her hair and burning off her fingerprints if she escaped so bail was denied they're like lock close your mouth lock it throw away the key it's very simple yeah nobody in prison is not thinking those things they're all thinking those things yes they're not not telling them on the telephone that you know it's recorded a recorded line yep so the trial started on january 16th 2013 
and naturally the entire two and a half hour video of Shana in the interrogation room was played for the jury. Wow. The prosecution called three of Shana's cellmates to the stand and all three testified that Shana laughed about the murder while in prison and admitted that Ryan hadn't physically hurt her. She told them that she had thrown furniture around to make it appear that they had gotten into a physical altercation and also admitted that she was the aggressive one in the relationship. One of the cellmates said that Shana said that she was, quote, going to plead insanity, but she was too smart because she has the IQ of Einstein, so she was going to plead battered wife syndrome. Mm -hmm. She also said that Shana had taken notes on the Jody Arias trial, which was happening right at the same time, mm. and specifically how she had also claimed self-defense. And their interrogation videos are very similar. Remember Jody Arias was doing like uh -huh. handstands and shit in there? Uh -huh. yep. Yes. Detectives who were with Shayna on the night of Ryan's murder said that she complained of her shoulder hurting but found no signs of physical violence on her body. The prosecution presented tens of thousands of text messages, not singularly, but mm -hmm. combined, and social media messages from Ryan to his friends and family. And they painted a clear picture that Ryan had no interest in being in a long-term relationship with Shayna. Quote, you can tell people you broke up with me, Ryan texted Shayna, and she resisted, replying that she loved him, quote, far more than you deserve. <laughs> in March, Ryan pleaded with Shayna to, quote, stop texting me. And then in April, he sent, quote, I no longer have the patience to deal with you. The couple did get back together that summer. But then in August, Ryan texted, quote, I'm turning off the phone and padlocking the door followed by 100 text responses from Shayna until Ryan finally texted, quote, I'm not reading any of these. Stop. One of Shayna's closest friends shared a text message that Shayna had sent to her before she and Ryan had a trip to the shooting range that said, quote, When I go to the shooting range with Ryan tonight, I want to turn around and shoot and kill him and play like it's an accident. Oh, no. Yep. The friend, of course, said that she regrets not taking the message more seriously. Yeah. The prosecution alleged that soon after that, Shayna found out that Ryan had been messaging the previous Miss Ohio, which caused her to snap and murder him in cold blood. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The defense continued to argue that the shooting had been in self-defense and said that both Ryan and Shayna had grabbed for the gun on the table, but Shayna had gotten to it first. Shayna's mother, Sharon, testified that Shayna had called her from Ryan's condo very early in the morning one morning and had complained that she had a pain in her arm and chest and that there was fear in her voice. When Shayna had complained to Ryan about the pains, he had given her a Xanax and told her she would be okay. Shayna's mother immediately drove to the condo and tried to get Shayna to leave with her, but her daughter insisted that she wanted to stay with Ryan and that she would be okay. Her mother claimed that the very next night she got another call from Shayna, who was at Ryan's condo, and during that call, she told her mother that she just shot Ryan. Mm. 
Sharon then instructed her to call 911, and so she did. The defense also argued that Ryan had been abusing his prescriptions and had flown into a rage. They presented the violent message that he'd sent to his assistant as proof that he was capable of violent fantasies. So the jury deliberated for just five hours and found Shana guilty of the murder of Ryan Poston. They reconvened the very next day to hear final testimony to determine Shana's sentencing, and Ryan's sister said that he made her family complete, and without him there would always be an empty chair when the family got together. She said that he never got the things that he deserved to have in life, and Shana showed no emotion the entire time. Shana's defense pointed out the fact that Shana had no prior criminal record, that she had called the police soon after she'd shot Ryan, and that she had been very open when speaking to detectives about what happened that night. The prosecution then brought in the blood-splattered chair that Ryan had been sitting in when he died, and referred back to his sister's statement about there always being an empty chair at the table without him. Ooh, I just got chills. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very effective. <laughs> very effective. I was like, yes. snaps to you, prosecution. The, yeah. The jury deliberated for just an hour and then recommended a sentence of 40 years in prison. After the trial, Ryan's mother told journalists that she was getting by, quote, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. The judge accepted the jury's recommendation of 40 years in prison and set the length of time before she would be eligible for parole to 34 years. Hmm. Shana appealed her conviction and the appeal was actually granted due to the fact that one of the jurors at her first trial had a felony conviction that he failed to reveal. Oh, no. Yep. Her second trial began in August of 2018, and this time her defense team chose to use Ryan's pressure on Shana to perform sex acts and her lack of an ability to orgasm with him Uh -uh. as a new key detail in her claims of self-defense. What? I swear to God, Sadie. So Shana claimed that Ryan had asked her to get some type of shot that would help her achieve orgasm, but she didn't follow through with it and instead agreed to participate in other sex acts with him. Quote, I felt it was something that was important to him and I wanted to please him, she said. Prosecutors rebuffed this by presenting texts between Shana and her friends, where she said that the couple's sex brought them closer together, as well as texts where Shana asked Ryan for sex, but he explained that the antidepressants that he was taking had lowered his sex drive, and so he wasn't interested. Quote, he also said that he didn't want to have sex because I couldn't orgasm. He said he didn't see the point, Huber said. Mm-hmm. So Shana claimed that they had discussed including another woman in their sex life, and that she made a deal with Ryan that she would agree to that as long as he, quote, put 10 photos of her back on his Facebook profile and he would show more affection for Hubers and communicate more, she said. (laughs) It's so sad. It's so desperate and sad and just unrequited and one-sided and, oh my God, just go, go. Find a new boyfriend. Live your life. Be a teacher. Be a counselor. Go Shana admitted that they both had issues being faithful to each other and that she would sometimes log on to Ryan's Facebook and block other women. She also testified that on the day before she shot Ryan, when she was complaining about arm and chest pains, she thought Ryan should have taken her to the hospital instead of giving her a Xanax. 
Instead of going to the hospital that day, she went to the local mall and a woman who worked at the perfume counter at Dillard's testified that Shana had spoken to her and quote, she was upset making statements that she was going to kill him. Shana said that later that day, she and Ryan had sex and she was afraid he was going to quote, snap her neck. She explained her version of events from the night that he was shot and said, quote, like I said before, he was standing up from the chair and he was reaching across the table. I don't know if, if he was reaching for the gun or reaching for me, but I was still sitting on the floor at this point and casproing, I got up off the floor and I shot him. <laughs> the defense also spoke, and I also want to know how they went from like getting thrown around the room and thrown into bookcases to like calmly sitting at the dining room, right. but yeah, you know, whatever, yeah. that's clearly a fabrication. The defense also spoke more about how Ryan's confusing signals affected Shana's mental health, and a psychologist testified that she suffered from borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. This time, the judge sentenced her to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 14 years. Mm-hmm. Ryan's father said that it was, quote, daunting to know that I've got another 30 or 40 years on this earth, God willing. I'll have another 35 or 40 Christmases without my son. And my grandchildren were stolen from me. I will never hold my grandchildren. She has decimated my life and many other lives. Yeah. Quote, in 2018, when asked by WCPO's Craig McKee if she thought people could change, Shana replied, yeah, I do, but I don't. I think some people are misunderstood. I think some people are not bad, and then they change. I think some people are doing things in their lives that are misunderstood, and they grow up. I think I've grown up a lot, she added. I think I've been through a lot, and I think I was this young girl then, and I think that I'm a woman now. I think I would handle things differently now. When he emphasized that she was making a, quote, big statement by saying that she'd do things differently now than she did in 2012, without going into the particulars of her case, she agreed. I guess it is, Shana said, but I do believe that I've been through a lot in my life since then, and I'm a lot more mature. I have more experience with people. I've had to live around people in a close, confined space for many years. So that, you guys, (laughs) is the bizarre murder. The sad, desperate, terrible, sad, bizarre murder of Ryan Poston. Poor Ryan, man. No, I don't like it. That's just really awful. Well, I'm like, how do we give women confidence period <laughs> end of, end of the yeah. state end of the sentence how do we give women more confidence that they don't feel so desperate that they would do something like that you know like how how did people not know that she was capable of that was it something is it just brushed off as like hysterical feminine behavior you know yeah back to your well, point she's young right she's yeah. young and she's traditionally pretty and she you know like girls are allowed to be boy crazy you know it's just yeah nobody i'm sure nobody would look at her and be like oh yeah she's gonna kill somebody it's dangerous and even if Mm -hmm. she hadn't you know how much of this behavior are boys and men internalizing you know right it's still abuse it's still abusive behavior it's still stalking behavior you know at a minimum it's annoying and inconvenient but beyond that much more and it's scary and Mm -hmm. it's threatening and it's 
inappropriate and it's unkind and it's abusive. Mm -hmm. And I know it's less common for women to get physically violent, but even that emotional and mental and verbal abuse is ignored, I think, largely. Yeah. I know it is. I don't think it is. I know it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, just like how men are raped also and often don't talk about it. And yeah, man. Senseless. It's senseless and it's sad. And I don't know. It's also just like, (laughs) there's a huge part of my heart that's just so broken because it's just so hard to be that age. You know, yeah. and we said this before, we've covered quite a few cases recently where it was something like this, usually a man, you know, killing a woman, but everybody should, everybody goes through, you know, kooky, wacky, mm-hmm. r- young relationship stuff. Everybody has their heart broken. Everybody sends too many texts. You know, everybody has shown up drunkenly mm-hmm. when they weren't invited. You know, like we've all done things that we regret, but then we mature and we dig deep and we find confidence in ourselves to you know move past it and we get a sweet new haircut to show mm-hmm. them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> oh just yeah well it's like you know yeah i don't know what it is that keeps the majority of us from doing that but you know like i can very quickly bring up memories and feelings of exes and yeah finding their surprised with their wedding photos on Facebook or whatever. I mean, like, oh, even though it's been years and you don't really care anymore, but then it just still hurts. And so imagine if, yeah, she's just had all this time to let it build up. And And a little bit of mixed signals, not not to say that Brian was uh, at all to blame for what happened. Because it's confusing and I'm sure he had feelings for her and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, we're irresponsible with each other's feelings at that age. There's just no two ways about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that that, I know the pain of that. I've been on that side of that. And I've also treated people similarly in my Mm -hmm. early twenties. So, you know, it's extremely painful that kind of back and forth and, you know, letting things happen physically or whatever. So yeah, the, all of these things combined to a perfect storm of her underdeveloped, you know, 19 year old brain being probably borderline personality, disorder plus unrequited love plus Mm -hmm. the stress of graduate school plus 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 and ugh, (laughs) yeah it just didn't have to happen yep no it did not have to happen but i also think and i was digging around to see if she had shown remorse or self-reflection and i just don't think that she has i don't i really you know i felt a little ping a little pang of like softness for her more than Mm -hmm. other perpetrators because of you know her age and her gender and all these you know sort of things that that i can relate to but i just think she might be a kind of a bad person yeah no i don't have the same i mean i think some of that comes with the research you know getting to know them through the reading but Nah, I'm kind of on the uh, fuck her side. Yeah, no, nothing. Honestly, nothing that I read the entire time made me feel like she was a un, like a good person or misunderstood. Yeah, like but I was mis- looking for terrible it. I was mistake. sort of yeah, yeah, I was sort of looking for it because I've I, you know, I was more of an outsider my life growing up, and I think that's what mm-hmm. it is. You know, relating yeah. to wanting to fit in, wanting this thing that you don't know that you deserve, you feel you don't deserve or whatever, and so. 
I I was sort of looking for that and I never found it. And yeah. so no big no. surprise. Yeah. Yep. And like I said already, if the re- the genders were reversed, we would be talking mad shit about Shayna. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's really a good point. It's something definitely yeah. to keep in to keep in mind. So there you go, guys. There you to go, guys. Get teach your girl teach your children to have confidence period across the board to care for each other and to accept rejection yes they can be a little messy that's normal and they shouldn't feel embarrassed when they are that's just part of going through the process of Mm -hmm. somebody not being in love with you but teach them that they are worthy and that they don't need somebody's love to be worth it and that if somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't love them that they can't invade their space or their bodies Mm -hmm. They just can't. Nope. I definitely Boys and can't girls. shoot them. Definitely can't shoot them. Don't Absolute. do that. Nope. Well, um, um, we are front loading this week because I have to go out of town for work next week. And so I'm going to hold off on name time until next week. But then that will mean a bigger, heaper, juicier pile of names for next week for yes. you guys. Yes. <laughs> but we do have a juicy heap of sweet, sweet Patreon yes. listeners to shout out. It's dele- delectable, gorgeous, <laughs> um, grandiose. <laughs> yes, you're good. Yes. Grandiose pile of juicy Patreon supporters to shout out. Yes. And hey, we are way behind. So here we are, mid-August. So if you joined in August, mid, mid-August, mid we're that's where we are. So if you just recently joined, it's going to probably be quite a while before we get to you. So if you're worried that we forgot you, we didn't. We're yep. just moving through them, making sure we take our time and do this authentically. Exactly. It's, it takes a bit out of me. It's, believe it or not, <laughs> to craft these masterpieces, you guys. I really got to focus. <laughs> Or not focus. I think it's the opposite. I really just have to like let it wash through me. Let it let the divine message come through me. I am but a vessel. I am but a vessel. This yes. is this is um literally God speaking through me to you, my dear Patreon supporters. So the, surprise, God sounds like a off kilter Broadway star or yacht rocker. <laughs> As it turns out. <laughs> As it turns out. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's start with a big old thank you to RFL. RFL. Let's start with the R and R is for real. Real fucking deal. That's what they are. Real, real, really real. And also real. F stands for fucking yeah, motherfucker, yeah, you are the fucking best one of them. And also L, coming back to L. L stands for la 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 Let me know how better you can get, and you can't get any better than RFL. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that was a good start. Amping up. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm over here. You're a good hype pumping. man. You're an excellent hype man. <laughs> Thank you so much to Jennifer M. Jennifer, might I ask you a question? Jennifer, Jennifer says, yes, but of course, Courtney, what would you like to know? And I said, Jennifer, 
if someone was going to achieve all that you've achieved, what would it require? And Jennifer says, well, let me tell you first, you just be born with the kindness, exuberance, grace, and majesty that I, Jennifer M, embody. I said, well, clearly, yes, I'm already behind on step one. So if one were not to not be born with the same grace, exuberance, and fortitude, etc., that Jennifer M was born with, what could one do? And Jennifer says, listen, you just have to believe you have to look deep inside of yourself, you have to believe in yourself, you have to know that everything that's in there is what you need to get through this world, just like I have to be brave to be successful to be beautiful to be desirable to be to achieve all that you want to achieve it's already in you just like it's in me jennifer m and i say jennifer don't fuck with me jennifer m and jennifer says i would not do that i'm honest i'm kind i'm heroic i'm extraordinary and also have you seen my pants and my shoes and my outfit? <laughs> Top notch. Does this look like an outfit of someone who would fuck with somebody else? It does not. This looks like an outfit of somebody who's got their shit firmly together. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer M. Thank you. That's us high-fiving as, <laughs> as I leave. <laughs> Who's next? Who else we got? Uh, we got Addison M. <laughs> Come on, you got a name like Addison, what are you going to do, Addison? Well, you're probably going to uh, build a publication industry, right? You're going to be a publishing mogul and (laughs) in a responsible way, not in a Mm -hmm. fucking Murdoch way, but in a like, let's get shit done. Let's change. Let's get the message out there. Let's tell the people what they need to hear. Let's bring back honesty. Let's bring back integrity. Let's bring back excitement and clickety clickety. You know, when you go into like, I've been in the New York Times building and I thought you go in there and be like, mayday, mate, news, nuke, you know, visors. No, uh-huh. it's perfectly still in there. Everyone's just eating salads and holding laptops like every other corporate building you've ever been in. But not at Addison's publication. You go to Addison's publication, it's like, like the papers on the thing, you know, read all about it. And everybody's a buzz. Everybody's like, hot stories hot takes cracking things and it's like good good it's good it's just fucking good and it's exciting and it's worth reminds you why you're here and why things are worth living and the sharing of information and the coming together of people and that is what addison is all about it really was a massive letdown to go into the new york times building and it's just like people walking on carpet uh, I mean, it's a beautiful uh, building. It's really a remarkable yeah, building. And it's exciting so. to be around, you know, the people making the news, but they're very chill about it. <laughs> it's not like Wall Street. <laughs> no, no, I just thought it would be like people pushing each other aside for a scoop, you know? But no. Right. I was going to say, hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no hear ye, hear ye. There's no mayday read all about it. There's no papers flipping around on a machine. That happens in Queens, apparently. (laughs) The gray lady is not... not, It stacks of it everywhere, leaned over. People referring into microfiche or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just a very modern building full of 
um, very Carpet. stylish people being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Focusing. Eating salads while holding laptops. <laughs> it's such a thing in New York. It's like such a thing that I think it's a meme now. You go to any building in New York and everybody's holding their laptop open with like uh-huh. a giant bowl of salad and they're just eating mm. this giant plastic bowl of salad while walking around the building with a laptop i want a salad (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, last one one yes all right thank you so much to aaron oh aaron oh mega and the beginning is also aaron is alpha and omega Going back to the beginning was aaron and aaron said this is what's up motherfuckers i got here first and i will be the one to tell all of you that it's gonna be great if you stick with me and you follow my lead and you watch what i do and you do what i say you're gonna be okay because i'm aaron alpha and omega yeah cha 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 yes Thanks, everyone, so much for being here. (laughs) We love you endlessly. We love you so, so, so much. We couldn't love you more. And um, if you want to spend more time with us, which you should do, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and TikTok at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Please yes, do so. Please do so. We love it. And if you like what you heard or you think it's fucking weird, send it to your friends. Just push the little three buttons. There, I mean dots, not buttons. Three little dots yep. with the usually upper right-hand corner of your thing. Share that shit. Send it off out into the world like a fucked up little baby flying free from the nest. Wham, wham, wham. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Either way. <laughs> Don't throw your babies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, a- speaking of babies, thank you, AJ Burkhans, for your, our music. That's your right. And ours music. Thank you so much, AJ. And remember, um, I saw an article that uh, Hawaii has zero female offenders in their juvenile detention system because they have switched from a punitive method to a therapeutic method. Wow. And they emptied their female juvenile offender facility they have not start you know they have not achieved that yet with the male offender facility but that is the goal so amazing fucking amazing fucking amazing yeah and you look at these kids and they are quote-unquote troubled children because they need help because they desperately need your help they're hurt they are hurt they're not bad they are hurt and they recognize that and they did something about it and they currently have no fucking children in oh jail God. what a concept that's amazing wow yeah. i love that so there you go right. that's your little tidbit of um fucking restorative justice hawaii. and shit don't no, no, move to hawaii they don't want you there <laughs> no that i know they right. don't for sure they barely <laughs> want you visiting they definitely yeah, yeah, don't yes. want you moving there but um that is not move the point they bring their system ideas here yes exactly that we should import that system not export (laughs) ourselves whatever whatever Whatever. we love you we'll see another time real soon we love you so much goodbye everybody goodbye
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.